So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. Okay, got a five-star review from D Harrington 972 on Real Estate Rockstars. She says, amazing podcast. A realtor friend of mine recommended an episode, and I'm hooked. I love the content and useful insights into the world of real estate. Thank you, D Harrington 972. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end, where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Agents, we are back to State of the Market. I got my co-host, uh, Mr. Ian Lobos, real estate agent extraordinaire. How you doing, Ian? I'm great, Pat. How are you doing? Good, buddy. How's life in Baltimore City today? It was foggy and it's cold and I don't like that winter's coming, but we're, we're doing great, man. Hopefully winter's coming only in temperature and not in number of transactions. As some agents are saying, winter is coming in their, uh, in their respective markets. But let's jump into some uh, real news rather than some fake news. We won't, we won't uh, try to guess what everybody's market is doing because everyone's is different. Great, great news out there. I mean, uh, first of all, let's talk about this Citibank lawsuit, buddy. Um, Citibank was fined $30 million, which like is not chump change, right? Like people are like, oh, they read these articles, they're like $30 million, oh, they got fined. No, it's not like a little slap on the wrist. I mean, this oh, is $30 great. million. I mean, to a big bank like that, it's, it's, it's all relative. I mean, it's still $30 million. That's salaries, that's overhead, that's stuff they could be paying for other than just paying fines. But, you know, the real question is, should they have been fined? Yeah. Right. So, so basically what happened was the Citibank was, so I guess as you guys don't know this or not, you probably don't know it because it's, uh, I didn't even know it really. But the government, the U.S. government wants banks to put foreclosures on the market ASAP. Yep. They feel that they feel that basically that if you're if you're a bank and you're holding houses off the market, you're doing a disservice to potential buyers 
uh, that are looking for houses. Like there's going to be an inventory glut for them or there's an inventory glut and, and they need that house. So you must put it on the market right away when you foreclose on that right away. But the bottom line is within two years. Right. And then if your lawyer files the right paperwork and asks for an extension, they get an extension for five years, which is a long ass time. I mean, you're talking, you're talking by then you're talking mold, overgrown grass, trees growing through it. I mean, that's a long time, right? And then, you know, so what happened was with over 200 houses, or they're saying approximately 200 houses, Citibank waited five years before they put them back into the free market for sale. Yeah. And that's what they're getting fined for. Now, is this fair? Should the government be doing this? What are your thoughts? I mean, there's a couple different schools of thought. The first one that comes to mind is, is a big bank trying to manipulate the market? Are they trying to wait out market cycles, right? So maybe that's on one side of the coin, the two-year and then the available five-year or up to five-year extension helps them with the market cycle. So they're not trying to dump a foreclosure in a really crappy market and they're able to recoup as much as possible. So I get that. But we also know that big banks are not known for their, their uh, you know, great things for the public. So are they trying to manipulate the market by holding inventory? I mean, 200 properties isn't that big a deal, but like I get where the government's coming in. And yeah, saying, 200 properties is not going to manipulate it. I no, mean, no. It, give me a break, right? But I mean, I that's, that's nothing compared the, to my, the amount of sales that happen so, <laughs> in a year in the, in the United States. That's crazy. 200 I mean, is without, nothing. Without, without looking at the law, like why would the, why would the government care when, we, when a bank puts a foreclosure back on the market? Except to, if, like in the event that they're trying to manipulate, but with 200 properties around the country, that's not going to do anything, right? And then I guess available inventory for would-be buyers out there, but again, 200 properties, is, that's nothing. That's a, that's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. Yeah. I don't think their intent was negative. Like they, like sure. you said, like they were trying to, they, you know, I don't even think somebody sat down at Citibank and said, Hey, let, 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 let's stop this file. And, uh, and cause we can get five or $10,000 more for it. Right. I don't even think the forethought went into that. I think it was just, just like bureaucracy. Yeah. It was like, like you know, just, Yeah. Yeah. A slow ass know. system. Yeah. Or it was a property that just had, you know, a file that was just, you know, a huge problem file, which, you know, some of these things can be, they're not that easy and they just got lost in the, in the shuffle. I mean, at the end of the day, it's actually in their benefit to get rid of these things sooner rather than later. I mean, the, you know what I mean? Like you, the carrying costs are gotta be, sure. you got taxes and water bills and you know, I mean, just because they're foreclosed on doesn't mean they're for, you're, you don't have to pay property taxes. No, no. I mean, I would imagine that there's some kind of write-off that banks need in some capacity, right? I think every business needs some kind of write-off. I don't know. the two hundred two. If it were like 2,000 or 20,000 properties, I think the conversation could be a lot different than 200 properties. At 20,000 yeah. properties, now we're talking, okay, that's a, that's a, market, that's a market move. $30 million dollars maybe a, a reasonable fine, but 200 properties, not going to do anything to the market unless it's in one little tiny town, which it wasn't. And $30 million fine is a little overboard. Right. Right. If it was in one zip code. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. Let's, uh, let's talk about, um, Rheology Holdings, right? Re yep. uh, basically uh, just so you guys know, Rheology Holdings, you're talking better homes and gardens, Caldwell Banker, yeah, yep. Century 21, 
ERA and Sotheby's. Yep. All wrapped into one bowl of soup. Instantly got in the iBuyer game overnight. Talk to me about this. <laughs> well, the last state of the market that you and I did, we talked about Zillow's iBuyer program and just its, its pluses, its negatives, its disruptions, its advantages to buyers or, or sorry, sellers and buyers, consumers, and then its possible disadvantages or advantages to agents. It looks like what Realogy did is now an evolution of that. And that was just a couple months ago to where for a potential seller, they're going to give you an offer and then give you, I believe, 90 days with an agent of obviously one of the Realogy companies to put it on the market. It's either 45 or 90 days. And in that time, if you get a better offer, you got it. You can take it or you can take the cash offer. And then I think one of the biggest concerns was if I take this offer, I need the money to buy another house. So they're also forming this mortgage program and company where you can sort of have a, I guess it's you know, more of a, it's a bridge loan where you can basically bridge the gap and get the money you need for the new property to purchase it while the old one or the existing property is on the market end or under contract. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So I, I, and I think from what I understand about this is they didn't like try to create it themselves. Keller Williams and a couple of these other companies, big companies, right? They're creating their own iBuyer, even Redfin, iBuyer Direct, right? So, I mean, uh, Redfin Direct, whatever. So they're creating their own uh, iBuyer systems in-house. And so what Realogy did is they said, we're just going to, we're just going to, you know, partner Yep. With one that exists, a company called Real Sure. Yep. Real Sure. And so now, all uh, any Realogy partner, any of those companies we mentioned, could tap into Real Sure. And like you said, gives them peace of mind. Now, the, the, the tricky part with this whole thing is twofold. Number one, this is all you're always, these iBuyer programs are always on the assumption that you have equity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you have, have decent equity. Well, let's talk about them for a second because they're not, they're attractive because they're new and shiny, but they're, they're actually not that attractive. I, I have a couple of clients that did some, some tests for me and there's uh, there's some other companies out there too. That'll, that'll say, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll sell it for, you know, X percent, which is super low, or we'll buy it like an iBuyer program. And what you net. And that's the thing is, and I was, I was talking with someone on the podcast. I was interviewing Tony Baroni a couple weeks ago for real estate rock stars. And he said, you know, our job is to educate our clients and our cons and the consumer on what the iBuyer program does. And it's all about the net number. And when I ran these numbers, they were 10% off on a standard deal. Now, maybe there's a little more time on the market and a little more holding costs and things like that. And we don't know those variables for every single person. But if you take an average commission and average closing costs, recordation costs, things like that, and then you look at some of these iBuyer programs, the costs associated are way higher than if you put it on the market and had an agent, especially for a house that has equity that's in decent shape. The costs associated for the iBuyer? Yeah, so just their fees. And like, you know, there's some of these iBuyer programs that I've researched that do uh, more of an auction style where either a seller has a flat fee or the buyer pays a premium or something like that, or a seller has a premium or whatever it might be. But I mean, there was one that I researched that was a 5% seller premium and it was almost 30% total off of like the 100% gross. It was almost 30% off. 
once they got their net checked, which you know that with regular commissions. Well, yeah. So right at the end, and a lot of them have have large fees, right? Even yeah. even open door and all that, they've they've got their their large fees. I think it's seven percent. I'm not sure, but it's significant, right? It's like, yeah. you know, and so you know, so you're assuming that the you know, my question is, right, this is all great in an ascending market, right? There's lots of fat in, in between what somebody owes and what a house is worth nowadays. But in a, in, a, in a tighter market, right, if the market starts to get tight and you start to see less and less equity, I just wonder if the popularity is going to wane. I mean, some people are swearing with billions of dollars that this thing is never going to go away, I, you know, I don't, I think there's so many big companies putting their muscle and their, and their, their stake behind it. I don't think it's going to go away. We are yet to see what it looks like in a declining market. I think, I think it's probably better. Actually, it'll get better for the consumer because these companies are so up and established and they have their systems in place that even if the market starts to tank a little bit, you know, they're just going to have to squeeze their margins uh, to give the consumer a better deal yeah, because it'll eventually come out that nobody's taking them. You know what I mean? These deals and, and they won't really serve a purpose. And if agents, if, you know, if I was an agent and I gave 10 of my customers, I buyers through real sure or through Keller offers or whatever, and they, they 10 in a row turned them down and said, you know, that's ridiculous. Those are too low. Yeah. I think as an agent, I would probably get a little salty and stop offering it to people, don't you? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I mean, it, and also depends on what market you're in. You know, so they got to like, get good. They got to they got to start getting good, or else the agents won't get behind them, right? They got to be like, oh, I'm so happy my seller took that. I didn't have to do. Right. I didn't have to do anything, and I got paid a commission, and yep. and you know, boom, and and I the i buyer bought it. But the likelihood that an agent's going to stay involved, so it's going to, I feel like it's going to crush the traditional wholesale market, like the traditional wholesaler that's out there, it's going to crush them unless. Yeah. Cause they can't, they, yeah. Cause they can't, they can't afford it. You know, they're trying to make 20%, 15% a, a flip. So, um, you know, it's just, these margins are much, are going to be, end up being much less than that if they're not that already. But then you're going to you know? pay an agent. So, and I think that's going to, I think that's going to go too. I think it's attractive now because, you know, that like these big companies have a ton of agents that all need to be fed. And so it's leads and it's leads from iBuyer and it's leads from the internet. Yeah, Well, that's like that. a whole nother thing, right? Leads. But at the same time. That's really what you want. Right. But I mean, it's a, it's a, you're, you're creating a dependent society of agents, which is interesting. Yeah. There's, there's right. Some, most of the companies are completely. But that's what, that's smart. That's smart for the brokers. That's smart for yeah, Better Homes and Gardens or whatever, right? Totally. It's going to come with this, this real sure is going to be giving them all the leads now, right? Like, like there's just going to be a, a expansive amount of leads based on this. Okay. So let's go on to the next thing. So, um, oh, you know, but one, before we stop, yeah. what people don't realize is with a lot of these I buyers, there's limitations. Like they yeah. don't, like if you have a, a 40 and you, you can understand this being in Baltimore city, if you have a house worth 40,000 in Baltimore city, it does not qualify for these programs. If you have a house, uh, worth a million bucks in, in um, uh, you know, Miami, Florida. It does not qualify for these programs. These, all of these iBuyer programs usually cap out at, at half a million bucks. Yeah. yeah. They so go like a hundred to 500. That is it. 
Right. And you've got to have a certain amount of equity and you have to be in a certain zip. And yeah, there's a lot of stipulations for them. So it's not, it's not the end all be all. It's not going to take over the whole entire nation. I mean, you know, that eliminates like the coastal regions. It eliminates so much because I mean, even in like Baltimore city obviously has cheap stuff. Baltimore County has hundred thousand dollar houses, but the average is like two fifty. But then if you go to the coast, like where you are or where like up and down ocean city in like New York, you can't touch anything there. Too much of a risk for yeah. them. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate, was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself, and he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. It's Team Tober here at Rebus University, and we're running a special for Real Estate Rockstar Nation. This special is going to save you 90% on your team's real estate training and the cool thing is as a team leader you don't got to do nothing just put your team to work on this incredible training here's how it works this week is the certified team agent course let's say you and your team want to take jeff cones certified team agent course now jeff is the number one berkshire hathaway agent in the world and he and his entire team one by one helped create this certified team agent course where here's the cool part before you used to have to just buy one and then only the team leader could take it now with team tober you could buy one certified team agent course and you get nine others for free that means basically every member of your team could take it and learn to emulate what jeff's team does you could give it to nine buyer agents. You could give it to nine staff people, or you could just hand it out to agents that you know. The bottom line is you buy one, you get nine free. That's close to 90% off. It is 90% off. This offer is only valid for this week only. Next week will be another course. All you got to do is go to hybendigital.com slash teams. That's hybendigital.com slash teams. All right, so California enacts rent control statewide, statewide. Now, here's the thing. They're not the first one to do this. Um, Oregon did it back in March. So this is the second state to initiate rent control. And what this means, basically, if you have a tenant in a property, you cannot jack up their rent 
more than 5% plus inflation, whatever that number happens to be. So, you know, which if you think about it is not that, in my mind as a landlord, at 5%, you know, that's about what you do anyways, right? You know, I, I rarely have raised rents more than 5%. Although I do know of someone I know locally here that had rent for 2000 a month, single, single lady, 2000 a month. She was paying in downtown Charleston and her landlord tried to raise it to 2,900, which was, hmm. which is basically like 30%, 30%. And she moved out and she had to move to another area. And I just saw her yesterday and she was upset that she had to move out of the city, but it was what it was. So in, in that case, if that was South Carolina, it would be, uh, she, they wouldn't have been able to do that. Now, I mean, what, what's your opinion on this? Is it a big deal? Not a big deal? Uh, is it more things to come like this? What's Ian think? I mean, California is its own piece. I mean, I research California on a weekly basis just because I'm, I'm fascinated with the markets out there and fascinated with the state. My wife's from LA. Like, we, we love it. And it's out, I mean, it, you know, like, it's just out of control. The, the real estate market there is is crazy compared to compared to like where where we are on the east coast it's craziness so like you have to have rent control i mean the average house out there is in in most of la let's say is is like a million bucks because you've got 50 and 80 and 100 million dollar properties so when you get to renting i mean i've seen stuff like where my wife grew up on the coast uh good luck trying to find anything under three grand a month I mean, you might find a studio apartment, you might find something that's like five, 600 square feet, but you're pretty much like New York. You know what I mean? Now, if you get farther away from the water, it gets a little better, but still, I mean, if you look at some of the like inland areas, your average price is still five, $600,000. So the average rent that that person has to get with, let's say a four or 5% mortgage, I mean, they've got to get a couple thousand bucks just to cover more or yeah. less CapEx and whatever. So I think with prices, on a, I mean, like a roller coaster incline in California, specifically like in LA, in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, you have to control it somehow because these things are going to get. Yeah, I and I don't think it's that big a deal, really, um, because you know, w w w here's the thing, and I think I mentioned this a, a while back before, but you know, where I would be more concerned with any sort of rent control is where the government then tries to determine what the market is. Like with this, it's just the intent of kicking out people, right? Forcing people out and, 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 and that sort of thing. And I get it. Okay. But uh, the, the city of College Park, Maryland, tried to do rent control on me actually about 15 years ago. And um, uh, a landlord, our landlord association actually fought it and won um, but what they were trying to do is they were trying to take the uh, tax assessment of your property and say you couldn't charge more than about one percent of that. So if if the tax oh. assessment was was, was two hundred grand, you couldn't charge more than two grand a month. And and that I think is wrong because they're, they're wrong. at that point they're trying to determine every damn year right what the rent should be. It has yep. nothing to do with kicking people out or you know whatever. They're trying to. They were trying to control the market. And on top of that, they exempted apartments, which was, in my opinion, completely unfair to people like me that owned single family homes and townhomes and the, the little landlord guy with onesie, onesie twosies 
you know, one house or two houses, uh, the if if I if I if my rent was going to be controlled, then the apartment should be too, and the dorms should be controlled if that was the fact. So yeah, so that, that, and that's why it blew up. I think it's about like especially in a state like California. I think it's about the the average person at a certain point. There's a law of diminishing, and like they there's only so far they can go. Like they they can't continue to pay. 2,500, then three grand, then 3,500, then four grand. Like they can't do that over, right, yeah. over like 10 years, let's say. So I think it's, it's not that they're trying to kick people out. It's that the opportunity for people that are in like the average income bracket, they get forced out because if you don't control it, especially in LA, the average person just cannot afford to pay the average rent. You know what I mean? Or they're just, they're, or they're struggling. And then it forces them into, uh, a voucher program or a, or a government assistance program or something like that. I know. And I know some people out there that are like they're in LA and they're scraping by. And so this protects people like that. Now, when you're talking like, if you have a house on the water in Malibu, does it need rent control? No. Cause that's a, that's a, I think it, at, at the end of the day, it's just going to slow it down. It's not going to yeah. stop it because you know, it, it, it'll just slow it down, but you're, you're always going to have rent's always going to go up. Yeah, you know what I mean. 100%. It's always going to go up, and 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 it, once the house, see, here's the thing: like a, a, the way it's written, I believe, is that you, if you sell the house, let's say I sold it to you and yeah. you bought it, well, then you could charge whatever the hell you want on the first tenant you get. Sure, you know what yeah. I mean. You just can't raise it more than five percent plus inflation, so you're really not controlling the rent. The the free market is going to control rent. I mean, if you keep a house forever and the tenant stays forever, yeah, it's controlling that rent. Right. But so long as there's units transacting back and forth, the rent is going to continue to go up. The market, I guess, controls the rent. I mean, you're not going to rent for $1,000 more than your neighbor if you have the same house. You know what I mean? You're not, this is not going to happen. So the market controls the rent to a certain extent, unless you're in a, unless you're in a market like like LA coastal where you, your next door neighbor could have a $50,000 a month rental and you have, you're at $8,000 a month. Like this, that's very specific. So no, I, I totally agree. You can literally reset. And I didn't see anything in that article or I didn't research anything that, that I found that said you can't, you have to stick with the same if you transfer the property sale wise or ownership wise. So yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a cool thing. It'll slow it down, but it won't stop it. Yeah. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reed, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com. 
where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Pat Hyben, and before we jump back into today's content, I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer from an extraordinary company. I'm talking about My Outdesk. If you haven't heard of My Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistance for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators marketing assistants i'm talking about isas inside sales agents at prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups i mean these guys are trained in this stuff specifically you're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales four out of five of the top teams in the u.s use my outdesk for their virtual assistants and because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week, we're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled scaling your business with virtual professionals so you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything it's called scaling your business with virtual professionals and you can get it real easy all you got to do is text the word hyben h-i-b-a-n to 31996 that's h-i-b-a-n to 31996 and download your free book scaling your business with virtual professionals and don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book thank you guys and I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my outdesk All right, so uh, let's talk about coming soon because this is, uh, you know, this has been brought up before and um, it seems like a lot of companies are doing it more and more and it's important that we talk about this and talk about the difference between some of these portals which are shared listings amongst agents at a company before they hit MLS and the difference between that and actually putting houses out there that just say coming soon but the only way you could buy it is if you buy it through me so let, let me tell you where this comes from compass real estate is coming out with something and this is a great marketing name compass coming soon yeah <laughs> i think it's actually smart right because it, it it, it's nothing so people don't know what the hell is that right compass coming soon okay so basically they they came out with this in new york and uh, there is the real estate board. It's called R-E-B-N-Y, Real Estate Board New York, right? Is pissed, <laughs> right? They have stated uh, to several different reporters that they, they have a policy that says you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to have a coming soon that's not in the MLS. 
that you're not sharing with realtors. And by the way, this is on the, the this will be on the Compass website, right? So it's out there. And they have said, we are going to, and this is a quote, defend our policies vigorously. Talk to me about this. I mean, the first thing that I thought when I, when I was looking at this was maybe the policies need to change. You know, marketing's changing almost every quarter with the internet and with social media. And so maybe the policies need to change. And that's not for me to decide, but that was the first thing I thought. And I know what, so like New York City is going to be a lot different than New York State because New York City, I believe, doesn't have an MLS. It just has, I don't even know what it has, honestly. It's got to have an MLS. got to have something. Not, not New York City. New York State does. But New York it, might State have, does. it might have 10 MLSs, but there's got to be. There's something, some kind of portal, but it's not. Yeah, like there's got to be a portal. Yeah. yeah. It's not like what we have. And so you've got to get it out. But like, you know, we were talking about it earlier. We had a guest on Real Estate Rockstars that has uh, more of a pocket listing type of thing. And it, it's a, it, I think it's it's nice for consumers to be able to get their property out there to an agent population to gauge price point and to gauge interest on that price point and in the product. So what's what's the difference between a pocket listing slang term, but what's the difference between a pocket listing and a coming soon on a compass website? I mean, aren't they kind of the same except the pocket listing has I think it's more private and is only being marketed to a certain database of people, if not just phone calls, but maybe it's a. Like Long and Foster Real Estate, which is a pretty big company owned yeah. by Berkshire Hathaway. They have something like that, right? Yeah. So that's, but that's, that's the, that's their internal to their, I think they have like 10,000 agents. That's their internal. So and would you call that a pocket listing? Yeah, because you're not sharing it with the public. Okay. So it has to do with sharing it with the public. See, I, you know, I, 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 I don't do a lot of pocket listings, so I don't think so. I mean, here's what I think. I, yeah, I think the problem that they're having, that this board of realtors is having, is that it's shared with the public. I think it's not a problem. Well, here's the thing. It's only a problem if people have problems with it or boards right. have problems with it. You know, personally, in my mind, I think it's kind of like gay marriage or legal cannabis. It's, it, you know, it's going to happen it's just a matter of time. I mean, it's just the market is, is what's going on in the real estate industry currently is so aggressive and there's so many disruptors more than yeah. ever in history. There's no doubt in my mind that this is going to happen. And, and Redfin already has it, right? With Redfin Direct. If right. you think about it, this is the reason why Remax got out of business with Redfin after only four days, right? <laughs> on that Redfin Direct right. is because the agents started complaining that they had this Redfin Direct that cut out Remax agents and cut out other agents out of commissions on listings, right? So it, it's like there, right? It's our, you can, pe- all kinds of people are doing it but when the big companies do it or they make a big announcement about it, like Compass or whatever, it, it becomes a problem. Yeah, it makes big waves. I mean, like, for instance, in, in Baltimore, our MLS states that with the coming soon, you, you can market the property, but you're either putting it on the MLS as a coming soon or you're marketing the property on your own. But you have to market the broker and you have to do everything. And obviously, Wait a minute, let me slow this down. So what you're saying 
is you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't do a, a coming soon right. and then put it in the MLS. No, you can. Yeah, you can. You can put it in the MLS as a coming soon. As a coming soon. So, right. but, and, and when you do that, it says if you sell this, you'll make a, a commission. Well, yeah, because it's going out to the general public. So it's on Zillow's site, on Redfin's site, on those, on those public portals. And I think it all has to do with the public. So then you have the pocket listings, which really go out to a, a even pocket listings can still go out to a database of the public, but like Long and Foster's is a database of agents. Redfin's is both. The coming soon on MLS is going out to the public and to agents. I mean, I think if, you're, if you market the property, this is something that needs to continue to unfold. Well, so let, let, yeah, but let's, and, and here's the funny thing is like in the commercial brokerage world, like let's say there's a strip on a busy road and it's zone commercial and they're clearly going to sell it commercial. Yeah. And a commercial broker goes and puts one of the big wooden signs up that says Fred Sanford real estate. Yeah. <laughs> and you call that and you say, Hey, this is Ian Lobos. Um, I'm an agent, and uh, I want to know if you could show it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that agent telling you. Tell them to call me direct because I am not cooperating with other agents. Right? Yeah, that's There's the commercial world. Nothing you can do about that. That is how the business is run. It's how it's not how it's always run. Obviously, it depends on the market. Yeah. But. You do not have to obey any masters with regards to not cooperating as a commercial broker. Right. Let's just talk about what the coming soon is for. It, it, the base level, the foundational level is helping to market your client's home or, or the general public's property, residential property, without getting days on market counting against you, right? You're getting it out there quickly. And you're getting it out there maybe before it's ready so that you can start to ramp up interest, whether it's from the general public or the agents or both, so that when it hits the market officially and it's open for business, like you can actually go in because with RMLS, you can't show the property. People can call you, you can talk to them about it, but you can't show the property. It's a, it's a, it's a head start almost. And I like that. But there are these, these strange variables and rules with it that you have to adhere to. The, the way it worked, you know, before and I don't know if they've changed it since then, but when when I was actively selling, right, you I could do it. I could I could take a listing, so long as I got the seller to sign something that says this is an exclusive listing that won't be put in MLS and won't be shared with other agents. Right. That I have for this amount of time. And after this amount of time, then if it's not sold, then I'll put it in MLS and share it with other agents. And I would take it as far as to say, hey, you know, if it sells in this first period, like 30 days, whatever, the commission is going to be less. Once I list it in the MLS, then you got to pay a co-op and, right. and it's going to be more. And um, there's other brokerages that do that because they've been on this show and they, and they tell me they do that in their hometown and it's completely legal so in most places so long as it's spelled out like a third grader can understand to yeah. the seller and the seller is of the belief that they're going to get more money for the house or save more money, in this case, a reduction in commission, right. than they would if they put it in the MLS. Now, 
there's some debate whether that's true or not, whether if you put it in an auction type atmosphere with 10,000 agents, would you get more money if you put it, you know, with only one agent or five agents in your office or whatever, you know what I mean? And that that's a whole nother debate, but, but the, the key is doing it without the seller giving you permission. If the seller gives you permission, in my opinion, you should be able to do it. And that's, the way it was, whether that's the way it is now with bright MLS in, in the state of Maryland. I don't know. I mean, the seller's got to give you permission as always. However, the rules have changed big time because I think people were taking advantage of coming soon. As an agent, you have to have a lot of guts to, to withstand the fury of the rest of the agent community by saying, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. That's not fair. Well, I mean, we had one back in 2014 that was a coming soon. So many people called on it and I gave so much information that people wrote pre-offers, but they didn't deliver the offers till the, literally the hour it went on the market. So the hour this house went on the market, we got like five offers. And then I got a call from an agent who had been asking me to see it. And I said, but it's coming soon. You can't see it until it goes live. Schedule it. The, literally the minute I put it on, just schedule your appointment. And he couldn't get his clients in there. And the house went on and off in an hour over, over list price. And he called the real estate commission and said, Ian did something illegal. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't go anywhere. It didn't go any farther than that because I had, I had everything tracked. I had everything in writing from all these different agents. I had when their offers came in and I had a written, written statement from the seller saying the house was never shown. These people wrote blind offers with, with contingencies. It says, hey, for five days, like I get to do a, a home inspection and I get to really just look at this house. If I don't like it, I'm going to pull my offer. And we were accepting of those. So I, I, that's what you're saying is like, you have to kind of deal with that barrage of agents being a little pissed off because they might not know about it. But that's what Long and Foster is saying is now that our agent, our agent population will know about all the coming soons within our organization. Yeah. Right. So why wouldn't every company do that? And they've, yeah. Long and Foster's had it for a year, by the way, yeah. in their, in their, PLS that which is like that one guy you interviewed yeah. the private listing service right but but the the, the the point there is though it's not shared publicly right. now now there's a loophole that I'm gonna bring up which is gonna spin people's minds a little bit right but but here's the loophole let's say this New York whatever it is and REBNY yeah. who's defending this vigorously defending their policies vigorously against compass yeah. Which will be interesting to watch this vigorous defense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, their whole thing is you got to put it in MLS. You got to put it in MLS, right? You need to put it in MLS. It's not fair. And I get it. You know, I've heard the argument before. So what happens when Compass or it doesn't matter who it is. Let's say it's Ian Lobos. Puts it in MLS, but then you make the co-op zero or you make the co-op a dollar. And you say. Oh, you mean the co-op? Like co-op co commission. Comp? Okay, yeah. it's an MLS. But the comp co-op's a buck. Agent, agent. Yeah. Then, then, I'm, then, I'm, then I'm not, you know, breaking the rules because there is no rule against what you can co-op. But then no agent's going to show it. Exactly. No agent's going to show it if they don't know about it. True. True. So, so, what's, so you, you haven't lost anything. Yeah, but aren't you doing the seller a disservice with the comp? And then you, I guess you could argue that you're doing the seller a disservice if you're not getting it out to the general public. Well, wait a minute. That you, but you, you were doing those disservices, if that's your opinion, that they're disservices already. See right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So before, before 
it was, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put this on Facebook as coming soon and the buyer's going to call me and not their agent and I'm going to double dip this thing, right? And, uh, or, or whatever, that's the assumption, right? Oh, of very, why yeah. it's not fair, right. right? And the MLS or the Board of Realtors or whatever is saying, you're not allowed to do that, you're not allowed to do that. In this case, Compass is what, doing it. They're saying, no, you're not allowed to do that. But what if you did do it and you said, okay, I'll make you happy. I'll do it, right? And you're not, you're not changing any difference between, you know, what the seller had before you put in an MLS and what you put in after. There's not a difference because, you, you know what I'm saying? Except it costs them $1 more. Yeah, but the seller is signing on that listing agreement what they're agreeing to pay as comp. So you can't change it. And if you say to the seller- Yeah, hey, you can change it. What if you say a dollar and then you say- well, in 30 days, I'll put it as X percent. Yeah, you could totally do that. You're just adding variables of unknown. And then, and is that fair to the public and the consumer that there are proven variables, you know, proven is maybe- Is it fair to the consumer? But, you know, what is, it's really this whole lawsuit oh, and all this bullshit consumer. against Compass with the New York board is not about the, the and, and this is an interesting debate, right? It's not about the consumer. It's about the other agents. Right. It's about the non-compass agents. That's who's paying the the real the board of New York's realtor board. That's who's paying their dues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a consumer issue. No, I think that there's well, I think there's two. There's a consumer issue for like the standard coming soon or pocket listing that's not going out to the public. And then there's the other side, which is an internal database of only agents at that one company getting the exclusive. You, I mean, you could say you could say that's a disservice too. But again, it's a matter of opinion. No, a lot of these not. luxury yeah. agents saying it's a benefit because it lets the you know lets the agents know without them having to make their house public. Like it's a yeah. benefit. Like they don't have to have a sign in the yard. They don't have to have open houses. I totally agree with that. On the on the luxury side, hundred percent. I think I think because again, it's it's not new, but it's it's now like the iBuyer thing. It's starting to really get speed. I think that we're going to see a lot of changes in the state legislation of whatever, whatever the rules are, they're going to change when it comes to pocket listing, private listing, internal listing coming soon, that kind of thing, except for the standard, like it's active on the market and every person available to the internet can see this thing. And well, if you're going to do it for the, if you're going to do it for the, the residential realtors and you need to do it for the commercial realtors, if you're going to make the residential realtors obey by something then the commercial realtors should do the same because there's no governing body for commercial is there like a real estate commission there's no there's no governing yeah, and, body. and that's probably why and yeah. you know but but again going back to what happens if you just call up a dollar you say okay I will uh, hey hope you're happy now right yeah no, i think i can just call up the dollar that. yeah and then the agent then the agent will have then the buyer agent will have to say to the buyer hmm uh, unfortunately i can show it but you got to pay me you got to pay me direct. Right. You know what I mean? And As in the buyer has to pay the buyer's agent. Unless they want to just work for a dollar. That's, what, well, that's, a, that's a whole new thing because isn't it like that, that big lawsuit that we talked about a couple months ago? Yeah. That's kind of where that was. Is, it's even more sensitive now. You can't yeah. mess with that. You can't mess with the. You don't want to be messing with the. You, don't, you would have to be the stupidest board of realtors in the, in the nation to start wanting to mess with, oh, you have to co-op this much or right. you're not allowed to, 
to put that in your co-op. I mean, not in this environment after, after this massive class action lawsuit going no, on. I mean, no, they're I don't want that. especially not for, not, not for a, a single agent or a company or just a board. There's, there's so many variables that a business quick. There's just so many variables that everybody's got their opinion on what works and what doesn't for the agent, for the consumer. But at the end of the day, the houses need to get sold quickly. They need to be as in front of every single person as much as possible in one person's opinion. And the other person's opinion is, well, why don't we just keep it internal? And then our stats go up and our market share goes up and Hey, we can sell everything internal. But then the consumer's, on the other side, the consumer is going to go, hey, well, we didn't know about that. Only that one company's consumers or, or clients knew about that. And now it, consumers go to that company. Like, I get it. I get what the companies are doing, but I don't know. It, it's fair even a word in this whole thing. Like, there's, no, there's nothing that'll be fair. Like, right. What's fair? What's fair in yeah. business, right? I mean, it's, it's like- It's business, but it's also the general public. So there are rules and regulations that they have to abide by because it's, it's a governed body. And then if you're going to govern, you know, that, then you got to start governing- well, what if you want to sell your business, right? Do you right. got to let everyone else know, all the business brokers know? Right. You know, or can you just sell it to your friend? I mean, it's just silly. It's just, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, it's, it's just a matter. It's like I said, it's a matter of, I understand that there's, a, there's a, some age old, you know, beliefs here of, you know, fairness and not fairness. And I get where it's coming from. Sure. But I really think that all these companies are out there currently trying to break the mold with this. And, and sure. Compass isn't the first one to, to jump on the coming soon button. And this, and this coming soon from them came from their agents. It was like a, they, they, asked their, they surveyed their agents on a regular basis. And, and they said, this is something we want. We want right. a company-wide coming soon. Smart idea. It's a smart idea. Then what happens with the consumer that says, man, I just saw my neighbor's house go up for sale and my friend wanted it, but my friend couldn't find it online and I saw it just sold. What happened? Oh, it was, in a, it was a coming soon in a private, in, in, in an internal database of only agents in this one company. And then, then somebody gets pissed off and somebody calls an attorney and says, hey, that was unfair. I was, you know, I wasn't able to see it. How was I not able to see it? I, I had this realtor and I, I didn't want another realtor. I wanted this realtor and this realtor couldn't see it. I mean, it, it, it just, it'll get crazy. And I think we're going to talk about it in like six months from now on state of the market where it's starting to get crazy because the consumer is, is happy in one aspect and pissed in another. And the agent on the company side that's using it and it, that's actually working for them, they're happy. And then the agents that it's not working for, they're pissed off and they're complaining too. So I think yeah. we have a lot more data. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be fun to watch. Well, it'll be fun yeah. to watch. Well, listen, this has been some great news, man. I mean, this is uh, always fun. I appreciate you coming in. My pleasure. Today's state of the market, and uh, I will definitely be getting together with you. We'll be talking more. Sweet. Thanks for having me on, Pat. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool. An item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, 
And the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>